Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field, and it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. There's a moment for you. Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And the driving champ time. And the Billikens win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Comeback pattern caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Let's see here. Six racks of ribs, says Mike Murphy. Richard, my buddy Dick Helwig, has a picture of seven racks of ribs. Mm. Greg Arst, my buddy from grade school, says he's cooking an eight-pound Boston butt and has since 345 our time. He lives in New York, 445 Eastern time. Mm. Pork steaks, says Ron Faust. These are all people on Twitter. Hi, everybody. Who, when I, who answer my question, what's on the grill? What's in the smoker today? Today's a great day. Beautiful day in St. Louis, Sunday, Memorial Day weekend. Hello, Brian Kelly. Hello, Tom Ackerman. How are you? I'm doing great. So I do that every Memorial Day weekend. I've been doing it since I started here at KMOX. Ask people what's on the grill. Mm -hmm. That was the response I got. What am I doing today? I'll be cooking something, probably burgers and chicken. I'm not uh, at Innsbruck right now, but I was this morning. Yeah. And I made my way back to St. Louis, and here we are, and I'll be back fishing uh, a little bit later. Yesterday I was fishing... uh, with uh, my daughter and some friends of theirs. And, man, it's cool to see the looks on their faces when they catch that fish. Some of them fishing for the first time, not my girls. My girls, they'll get their hands dirty and they're holding the fish and whatever. But uh, it's fun, man. What a great weekend to spend with family. And certainly the reason we are all able to do this and come together is uh, the amazing men and women who uh, serve our country and those who, uh, who made the ultimate sacrifice. And we remember them this weekend and always. And BK, it's a big sports weekend. I mean, one of the things we're going to talk about this hour a little bit later is the Indianapolis 500, 135,000 people at a place that holds 400,000. Yeah. Uh, But that's a lot of people. They have big, big smiles on their faces, a huge event. And then last night in Canada, uh, they celebrated first professional sporting event with fans there. And that was the Canadians and the Maple Leafs. How'd that go? It was an amazing game, went into overtime, but maybe the highlight was the national anthem, as they often do in Canada. They do it so well, and they started out the anthem, and then they let the fans take over and do most of it, which was kind of interesting because you're in Montreal, so you have most of them singing it in French, but there were some Maple Leafs fans there, who I imagine, and some other Quebec residents who speak English who were singing it in English. So it, it was, you know, it was the words weren't exactly where you could hear them, but you knew what they were singing. And it was it was quite the moment, and you could tell that the players really got a boost of energy from having fans in the building. I mean, think about it. They played last year in the bubble, the teams that made it, and then all of this season, they didn't have one fan in their arenas. 
And finally, they get 2500 for a Game 6 and a classic series between Toronto and Montreal. So it was, it was a special night for sure. That is very cool. Are we getting closer? We have a full-capacity Bush Stadium on June 14th. That's exciting. The Cardinals are playing really well. Mike Schilt, Cardinals manager, is with us next hour at 11.15. We're going to push him back an hour because it's 8.10 out there right now, and they played really, really late last night. Uh, John Mosellock, president of baseball operations at 11.50. Cardinal baseball alive and well. We'll go through through some highlights in just a bit. The blue season BK did not end the way mm-hmm. everybody uh, really expected. I don't think anybody thought that they'd be a first round ouster again uh, until the season was played out. And you saw that they really were not one of the better teams in the West. They just weren't Colorado was Colorado got the job done. Do you think Colorado can beat Vegas? I do. I, I think Colorado can win the whole thing. They are deep and they are talented. And with Grubauer playing the way he is, I think they can win the whole thing. I hope they don't. I, I just kind of, I don't know. Oh, am I, I allowed to root owner. against Stan Kroenke? Yeah, is that I think fine? so. I guess that's why I don't right. want him to win. Yeah. That's the only reason why. Yeah. For yeah. me. Yeah. Otherwise I actually would quietly pull for Colorado because mm-hmm. I always think that if you lose to the Stanley cup champion, it's like a little bit of a moral victory, I guess. I mean, it's still terrible. I mean, yeah. I don't like losing, yeah. but uh, you lose to the champ. You're like, look, what are we going to do? I mm-hmm. mean, they're the best team in hockey. We lost. Uh, but for the blue standpoint, um, I hope that doesn't happen. I, thought, I hope that Colorado gets bounced and gets bounced quickly, and then I hope Vegas gets bounced because for whatever reason, Vegas really irritated me this year. Uh, <laughs> you know the team that, that I always root for, always, is the Leafs. Whenever the Blues yeah. get knocked out because of that long drought, I want Toronto to win, and I think that it would be a lot of fun to see that country, and especially the Leafs fans, get all fired up. Yeah, it would be. Toronto's one of those teams. I was thinking about this last night watching the game. It's like, you know, I've never – hated Toronto, the Maple Leafs. I've never loved them, though, either. You know, I kind of yeah. pull for the Canadians just because they're tradition, and it's been a while since they've won as well. They just won so many. That they've won so many. You and, know, I uh, root for the teams that have the yeah. draw. Like, I want to know what that party's going to be like. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine Toronto yeah. after? I mean, they win a series and they go crazy. I mean, they, you know, you know I don't know that anybody post-pandemic will ever uh, get to where St. Louis was in that Blues parade. That was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. You know, going out into the crowd with the cup and kissing babies and pouring beer on each other and slamming beers. It was unbelievable. I mean, that's a, a celebration that we'll never, I don't know that we're ever, well, we won't in St. Louis ever see that again because right. there's only one first time, but uh, you might see another Stanley Cup parade. But in Toronto, it could get close. It could, even even they have been waiting a long time. Even in a pandemic, buddy. Yeah, yeah, they won't. And in, in Canada, where they're still basically on lockdown, yep. Yep. Uh, it, it, would get, it would get crazy. I just don't know that they have the goaltending to get it done. And uh, we got to see what happens with Jake Muzzin. He left the game last night. He's an important part of the defense there in Toronto. Yeah. So I, w- I would be fine with Toronto winning it, no question about it. And I don't want Boston to win either. So I'm no. starting to – I'm really eliminating all the teams that – that there's only a few now that I would actually want to see win. All right, so what about – before we take a break here – Tell me about the Blues here. What are they going to do? I mean, you've got a lot of free agents here. Are you looking at an overhaul, or do you think that they have a nucleus that can win? What is your number one need right now? Oh, I think you you need somebody who's going to go in front of the net. I think somebody, and we had them and let them go, like a Patrick Maroon, somebody who fills that role for the team. Uh, they have some interesting questions coming up, and a lot of these guys uh, are, it, it depends how much they demand, especially with the flat cap. 
And, you know, if Jaden Schwartz is willing to take about what he has been making, then would you bring him back? Probably yes. But then again, he's probably going to want $6 million at least. And that makes it a little tougher. Uh, you know, the other guys, Bozak, you got a same type of thing. I'd love to have him back. His face-off percentage has been very good. He's He really finished the season, I thought, very well, especially with the penalty kill. Well, he's 35, so you got to so, be careful. Yeah, you know, and, and, and Doug Armstrong has been right on a few of these. Like you look at David Backus when he wouldn't sign him to a five-year contract, and that turned out to be right on. I mean, he spent a year or two in Boston being a bit player, and now he's floating around and probably retired. Uh, Hoffman, I actually would like to have come back. I don't know if he would. And again, you probably, are you going to get him for the $4 million they paid? And then I think it'd be nice actually to bring back Gunnarsson to give you that veteran leadership at the defense position. Doesn't have to play every day. You can still work in your young guys, Wallman and and Mikola, and, and keep Gunnarsson in the mix, and, and he could provide that steady influence there. But it's a lot of unknowns, and then you got to look at what are who's out there and who might be trade target. Of course, Jack Eichel's name comes up. I don't even know if that's realistic, uh, especially with Buffalo. You think they would take a call from Doug Armstrong? <laughs> he, he might have to. He might have have somebody else call because uh, they're going to see his name come up on the phone, and they'll just go, "Yeah, write the voicemail. We're not talking to him again." So you know, I I don't know what the answer is. A lot depends on what these players are going to demand as far as uh, their next contracts. That's absolutely true. Um, what's the future of Matthew Kachuk? You think? I think he's going to be in Calgary. He's going to be the captain of that team. I would love to see him come here. Did you see the picture yesterday of the Kachucks and the great one playing golf? At old I did not. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. A little, getting a little old Warson time in. So let's get, uh, let's get Brady and uh, Matthew here. That would be a lot of fun. But he would be perfect. I think he would be a great addition. But he'd be a great addition on about any team. You darn right he would. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. The restricted free agents, Vince Dunn, Ivan Barbashev, uh, Jacob Delarose probably won't be back. Mm-hmm. It looks like he's going to go to uh, the he's Swedish. Yep. Hockey league, I believe. Yeah. So uh, it's it's interesting, and uh, the Blues off season begins. And meanwhile, the the NHL playoffs. I will keep an eye on it and uh, go Leafs. Now, Landis Cog is a free agent this year. Oh, you know? he's an absolute monster. He would be top of the list to me, but he's probably going to stay in Colorado. And a big big. Price I don't tag. see him. I don't see him leaving there. Would you go after Ryan Nugent Hopkins or? If Taylor Hall becomes available, Ooh. is he a guy you would take? Ooh, Taylor Hall interests me. You yeah. Know? I yeah. mean, the way he's played in Boston, you they, think you put some talent around him. They need some be, goal scorers, know? brother. Yeah, they do. The Blues need some goal scorers. Yes. Uh, they've got their goaltender. They need solid defensemen, of course, always. Everybody and does. They've already spent a lot of money on their top two defensemen. I think you're right on with top you know, three. big body in front of the net, but they need goal scorers. they yes. got to be careful here not to, not to lose any offense in the process. Exactly. We will take a quick time out. BK, thank you very much for a little hockey talk. Always like that. A little blues breakdown. Our producer, James O'Sullivan, will talk about the Indy 500 at the bottom of the hour. But next, Cardinals highlights. The highlights of sports around. We'll kind of take a little look around at what's going on. Huge sports weekend. Memorial Day weekend always is. It's the start of summer. What's on the grill? 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Yeah, I threw the numbers out, James. We'll be back right after this. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. 
Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to the show. I am Tom Ackerman. Great to be along with you. We will, at the bottom of the hour, hear from the general manager of Worldwide Technology Raceway, Chris Blair, playing reporter at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And he's good at it. He is standing by for a report on a beautiful day at the Indy 500. Don't go anywhere, especially race fans. That's coming up in about 10 minutes or so. Steve Gomerick is the general manager of the Gateway Grizzlies. They are getting their season started and he joins us speaking with our news editor Tom Franklin in just a bit here on Sports on a Sunday Morning. We also have the man who used to be the general manager, now he is the president of baseball operations, John Mosellock. He'll be on right at the end of the show today at 11.50. That's because we are moving Mike Schilt to the 11 o'clock hour today. At 11.15, the Cardinals manager will join us live from Arizona where the Redbirds were victorious again. Joe Pott, give us the latest and tell us what it looked like yesterday. The Cardinals and the Arizona Diamondbacks, we had uh, some scene there as the Cardinals took on that team. And I certainly think that they're... It could be, I think will be, a Cardinals team that is going to gel. Let's hear this. The overhead windup by Wainwright, the pitch, and there's a fastball hit hard. Diving play by Goldsmith. Gets to his feet, feeds Wainwright, who hustled the first. They get the out. Oh, what a play by Goldie. A gold glove play that took a double away from Paven Smith, who has already hit three doubles with a triple in the series. Nicely done. It was a late night for the Redbirds in a game that ended earlier this morning. The Cardinals beat the Arizona Diamondbacks 7-4. to They've won the first three in the series and four straight overall. The Diamondbacks have dropped 13 in a row. The Cardinals built a 6-0 lead with a run in the first before scoring five times in the third inning. Yadier Molina had a two-run single. Tyler O'Neill added a two-run double in that five-run third inning. 6 nothing still in the fifth inning. One out and Tyler O'Neill back at the plate. Here's a swing and a long drive. That ball is hit to deep left center and long gone. O'Neill has homered in three straight games. 7 nothing Cardinals. 450 feet on that bomb. It's now a six-game hitting streak for O'Neill, and he's tied for the team lead with Nolan Arenado with 11 home runs. The Diamondbacks scored twice in the fifth inning, twice more in the sixth inning to chase the starter, Adam Wainwright. Henesis Cabrera, Giovanni Gallegos, Tyler Webb, and Alex Reyes combined to throw four scoreless innings out of the Cards' bullpen. Reyes made it interesting in the ninth, giving up a double, walking a batter, and having runners at second and third. He finished things off, though, with Christian Walker. Three and two. The runners lead at second and third. Two outs. The pitch on the way. A swing and a miss for a Redbird winner. Christian Walker strikes out, stranding Rojas at third, Marte at second, as this ball game comes to an end. 15 saves and 15 tries for Alex Reyes as the Cardinals win it 7-4. Wayno gets the win to go to 3-4. Cardinals will go for the four-game sweep later today. First pitch is 3-10. Aaron Total Access comes your way at 2-15. I'm Joe Pott. KMOX Sports. Joe, thank you. Tell you what, James, I heard some Cardinals fans in that place. 
That's down in Arizona where the Cardinals uh, are going for the sweep. They've won the series, and the manager is Mike Schilt. Mike, I'll just I'll start with the obvious one and maybe maybe a question that is tied for last of all my questions. But the, uh, the approach of scoring early and getting out to a big lead, what is that? I mean, it seems like it just opens up the options for however you finish the game, no matter how tight they get. But to have the offense that you guys have had early in this series and the tone that that's setting us from asking. Um, you know, we'll play regardless of score, but we love to play from the front. Um, a lot of quality of bats. Uh, really did a nice job. We took our walks. We earned, earned our walks, but um, didn't chase. It was really a great recipe for how our offense, um, and it's looking – you know, guys are in a good place with our offense as far as not doing too much outside of the zone, but being ready in the zone and putting really good swings on the baseball. And you saw multiple guys um, do both of those things tonight. The Cardinals get the win, 7-4 to four over the Diamondbacks. 3-10 is the start today. KK will start for St. Louis, and we will have pregame at 2-15. Mike Schiltz will join us live at 11-15 this morning. The Tampa Bay Rays are on a hot streak. They are atop the AL East. They have won 14 of 15, and they beat the Phillies yesterday 5-3 to three to continue their lead in the AL East. They are a very, very good team right now. The Red Sox are trailing them. They earned a 3-1 victory over the Marlins behind Nathan Eovaldi. He went five and a third scoreless innings. So here's the situation out in the AL East. You've got the Rays suddenly have come alive and have taken control of that division. They lead it by a half game over the Red Sox. The Central, the White Sox, have a three-game lead over the Indians. It feels like a lot more than that because the White Sox are a really good team. And you know who the best team in baseball right now is? The San Diego Padres. They lead the, a- the NL West by a game and a half over the Giants. Giants have not gone away. They are hanging in there. They're a game and a half behind San Diego with the Dodgers two and a half back, and the Cardinals will visit the Dodgers tomorrow. The NL East is led by the Mets. They have a three and a half game lead now on those Phillies, the team that lost to the Rays, and the Braves are also three and a half back. The Mets have won four in a row, and quite honestly, I'm not sure how they've been doing it outside of pitching. Their lineup, dealing with all kinds of injuries, they've been able to put something together, and they've found a way to take the lead in that division, and the Cardinals have a half-game lead in their division over the Cubs, who have won six in a row. And I know that some people aren't going to take the Cardinals seriously until they start beating good teams. They lost to the White Sox in a series. They lost to the Padres in a series. They lost to the Cubs in a series. And they've beaten up on the Pirates and the Diamondbacks. But look, you got to look at this as a 162-game season. You have to look at this team as a work in progress. you got to look at this team as slow and steady and getting the job done. That's what they need to do. They need to wrap up series regardless of who they play. They wrap one up today with a chance to sweep in four over the Diamondbacks. And once they figure out their rotation and get consistent offense, they're going to be a tough team to deal with, and I wonder what they'll do by the end of July at the trade deadline. We'll see. Well, that's the situation in baseball right now. Your other leader that I didn't mention was the Oakland A's. They have a two-and-a-half game lead on the Astros in the AL West. Big news out of Atlanta, and that was the fact that Marcelo Zuna was arrested. Uh, charges of aggravated assault by strangulation and misdemeanor family violence. Ozuna placed on the injured list by the Braves with two dislocated fingers on his left hand, and 
There's a photo circulating of his apparent arrest. He's wearing a bright yellow cast on his left hand. Uh, also, police reportedly saw him assault uh, his wife, and that is what they're saying in the report. So uh, very uh, tough news all around, no doubt about it. And uh, for Ozuna, we'll see what the punishment is, both uh, legally and uh, from Major League Baseball. But that is uh, what he is charged with right now, aggravated assault by strangulation and misdemeanor family violence. Uh, We mentioned the Indianapolis 500 coming up. Chris Blair, the general manager of Worldwide Technology Raceway, will be with us. Jordan Spieth has a one-shot lead at the Colonial. The French Open is underway. Naomi Osaka won in the first round. The PGA Tour champions going on. Steve Stricker taking advantage of Mike Weir's back nine collapse and took the lead in the final round of that championship in Tulsa. And Allie Ewing sank a five-foot birdie putt on the par 5 18th and joined three major champions in the LPGA match play semifinals. The Champions League goes to Chelsea. They've won it for the second time, beating Manchester City 1-0. Chris Blair is next. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. As we continue on Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX, we go to Indianapolis. Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the Indy 500 is running today, and what a spectacle it is. And joining us is the general manager of Worldwide Technology Raceway. That's Chris Blair. He, of course, is right in the middle of it. How are you, Chris? Hi, it's fantastic. It's a beautiful day here in Indiana. Uh, Sun's out. The temperature's cool. And everybody's smiling. Everybody's just happy to be back at the races. You know, it's it's a great feeling. I bet it is. I miss it. I love that place. And I know that people are fired up. You're, they're talking 135,000, at least that's the number of tickets sold, Chris. That would make it the largest attended sporting event since the pandemic started, and that adds to the atmosphere. It sure does. And, you know, it'd be great if we could get all these people to come down to St. Louis in August, wouldn't it? <laughs> I'd love to have 135,000. Isn't that no, the truth? It's fantastic just seeing it all come back. And, uh, you know, there's uh, a lot of the activities that we normally do. We're not allowed to do them this year, but everybody's just already talking about how great next year is going to be. Uh, this, the atmosphere is just electric. It really is. It's, it's an incredible day here today. You've been going there for a long time, Chris. What makes it so great to you? And I, I grew up there going with my dad, especially. I'll tell you what, we enjoyed going to the time trials as much as anything, just being there at the, at the uh, venue. Yeah, for me, you know, as a kid growing up, uh, my local library, all the only books they had about racing were about the Indy 500. So I grew up reading about Eddie Sachs and A.J. Foyt and Mario Andretti and mechanics like Clint Bronner. And, you know, to, to that so it kind of pulled me into it. It got me really interested in it. And, you know, growing up, I grew up in Kentucky. And the, during the month of May, each day they'd have all the time trial results and testing results. That was my thing was to grab the newspaper and see what happened and, then when I got older and the chance to be here, it's just, it's, it's amazing. And after my first visit, I said, I never want to miss another one. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just tremendous. And, you know, and I, I ran into Butch Welsh just a little while ago uh, from St. Louis, who's here for his 74th Indy 500. Mm. And 
you know, there's just it's, there's something special about it. It's like once you're here, you know you're watching history being made. Yeah, that's absolutely true. When I say the name Roger Penske, what does that mean to you, Chris? Roger Penske is, is one of my heroes. I mean, you talk about domination. They've won 18 Indy 500s. And he's just an incredible, an incredible man who, honestly, I believe he saved this sport with his purchase of IndyCar and the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. With, he came along at the right time, and he's doing so many great things. You, uh, Tom, if you haven't been here in a few years, just when you come back and you look at all the millions and millions of dollars of improvements that Roger's doing here, it's amazing. The place looks great, and everybody in the sport is just so happy to see Roger in charge because everything he does is first class. And he's going to turn this into the greatest uh, entertainment venue or sporting venue in the world before he's done. Absolutely. Uh, last year's pole sitter was Marco Andretti. He is back on this uh, in this field. He's in this lineup. He's row nine. Uh, the pole sitter is Scott Dixon, a member of Chip Ganassi Racing. They have four of them, Chris, and Scott Dixon is the best of the bunch. He could very well win this. He really could. You know, Scott's had some uh, – some good runs here, and he's also had a lot of bad luck. So it would be great to see him break that jinx. Uh, you know, but for me, I'm pulling from a buddy, uh, Graham Rahal. He's, uh, you know, he's just a great guy. Uh, I hope to see him in there. And I really like this uh, this young kid, you know, uh, Herta. Uh, he's uh, he's sharp, and he's, you know, I think he's only, still only like 20. He only is 21 years old yet. I think he's going to be somebody to watch during the race today, too. But there's some great stories here this year. How about Tony Kanaan at 46? I mean, if Phil Mickelson can win the PGA Championship at 50. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. I tell you. And he's such a popular driver here. He's so great with the fans. Uh, you know, Everybody that ever meets Tony, they always just talk about what a great guy he really is. He goes above and beyond. He's a great ambassador for the sport. You know, there's so many of these guys that are just such good people that you're happy when uh, when they win. You know, you may go in with a race favorite, but everybody here is such a good guy. These these IndyCar guys really love their fans, and they're so supportive of everything we're doing with our race. Uh, you know, it's it's hard not to be happy when one of them wins. Yeah, that's right. Another one, uh, Elio Castroneves is in the middle of row three. Kanan in the middle of row two next to Ed Carpenter. You got some big names coming, I know. And I know you got a big name right there in John Bomarito. I saw you taking a picture of him earlier. Uh, the big sponsor, the big man is there for the Bomarito Automotive Group 500 coming up in August. I know it's an exciting time for you and John and the Bomarito family. Yeah, and John's having a really good weekend. His uh, Xfinity team, Yesterday, with Tyler Reddick, finished fifth at uh, Charlotte. And that's coming off of a ninth-place finish last week in their first-ever Xfinity Series race. So John's in a really good mood this morning. And uh, the Bomberito Automotive Group brand is actually on one of the Del uh, Vassar Sullivan racing uh, entries here this weekend. So there's you know, a good chance that John could have a really good weekend. But he's already uh, he's excited. We're already having meetings and planning everything out for August 21st uh, for the Bomberito Automotive Group 500. And it, it, this is their fifth year. It's the fifth anniversary. And John's really excited. He wants to blow it up and make it bigger and better than we've ever done before. What does it mean to have a local car dealer like that in the Bomberito Automotive Group's a big one here in St. Louis uh, to sponsor an IndyCar race like that? And then the commitment that he made to you five-plus years ago. Well, as I've said before, I've had sponsors with other events at other venues where they show up on the Thursday before the race, and that's pretty much their involvement. With John, he's involved all year long, and he really engages a lot of his connections in the community. And it, by having him involved, it makes it St. Louis's race. It's uh, 
it's all of us working together to do something good for the city and for the region. And John's support just makes it all possible. As I've said before, John's efforts in helping us promote locally allows me to reach out and do more promotion here in Indiana and the outlying states. And if you come, if you're here on race weekends uh, at Indianapolis, I guarantee you you're sending, seeing uh, advertisements for our race and for the Bomberito branding because we're all over town doing the promotion. So having John in that capacity is really, really helping us. And I think you know th- this is one of those situations where having a large corporate national sponsor just isn't as good as having that hometown touch. And that's what we've got. It's worked out very well for us. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, another thing about that race, one more thing about it is it's a night race. How does that make a difference to you as good as yours was last year? Uh, well, it's, it makes it a spectacle. The way these cars look when the lights are reflecting off of them, uh, it makes them look even faster. It just adds something to the magic. It's kind of like going to a rock concert and getting to see the light show. And also it enables me to, to get out there and blow some stuff up. I love pyro, so I get to do all the crazy stuff they can't do here. Uh, so there's a, a lot of fire in the sky. And post-race, we try to blow up as much stuff as we can. And we just want everybody to be, it'd be like going to a big uh, celebration. And that's what we want to try to do with this race is always make it feel special. Whether it's more than just a race, it's a happening. That's our mission. This is Chris Blair, the general manager of Worldwide Technology Raceway, reporting live from Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Get, uh, paint us the picture, if you would. Play reporter. Uh, where are you, and uh, what what's the situation currently as we get ready here? Well, I had to duck off that road because the yellow shirt security was blowing a lot of whistles, and they were getting kind of loud. But I'm right now, I'm down in Gasoline Alley, which is the garage area. A lot of people moving around. Everybody's getting excited. Uh, so it, it's a fantastic experience here. There's, you know, celebrities going by, racers going by right now. Uh, it, it's just it's fantastic. It really is. And the one thing about this time is, you know, I, I love racing, but when you come to the Indianapolis 500, it, 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 for me, it gets me pumped up for what I want to do with our track at Worldwide Technology Raceway. I get excited. It gets me motivated. And uh, we leave here with a lot of great ideas and things that we want to do. It really is a special place. And I was just watching the pre-race coverage on NBC Sports Network, and they show Mario Andretti. You know, I mean, you think yeah. of the legends of the, ga- uh, the, the sport. What do you think, uh, what are some of the names? Who do you think of as you walk through Gasoline Alley, Chris? Well, A.J. Foyt for me is first. And it's so funny, Tom. 30 years ago, I came up here, slept in my car the night before uh, qualifying, to watch AJ qualify for his uh, last Indy 500. And this week I was here, I was walking through the garage area, and a friend of mine pulled me into AJ's garage, and I was able to sit at a table with AJ and one of his sponsors and talk racing. And for me, you know, 30 years later, going from uh, sleeping in a Nissan Sentra to sitting in AJ Foyt's garage, that made me uh, <laughs> made me really happy. It was uh, just such a great moment. And I've been spending a lot of time with uh, Kerry Akajanian and Jay Akajanian, who their family owned uh, Carnelli Jones's car. We've been spending a lot of time with them this week. And uh, for me, those were the names that just stood out. And to be able to be here and talk to them and hear the stories, uh, for me, it's like a dream come true. A.J. Foyt, a four-time winner of the Indianapolis 500, which is set to go at about 11.30 St. Louis time is when they will get things going. In Indy, Indianapolis Motor Speedway is where Chris Blair comes to us from, and we really appreciate it, Chris. Success to you, safe uh, day for everybody, and uh, good luck as you get ready for your own race, the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 on August 21st. All right, Tom, thank you so much. Greatly appreciate it.
Great to have you on. Great to have him on Sports on Sunday morning. Isn't that fun to hear that atmosphere and all that going on there? It is uh, pretty wild to have 135,000 people back at Indy. That is pretty cool. We'll take a break. We'll come back with much more. The Cardinals are playing this afternoon at 310. Back in a moment. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Back on Sports on a Sunday morning. Great to be along with you. Great to hear from Chris Blair from Indianapolis Motor Speedway just before the break. Baseball right around the corner. 310 Cardinals and Diamondbacks. 215 for pregame. So make that part of your outdoor soundtrack today when you're outside at the pool or at the grill or wherever you are on the boat. Make sure you bring Cardinal Baseball with you. We have it for you right here on 1120 AM, 98.7 FM on the Odyssey app. Make sure you get that Odyssey app and you can live stream as long as you're within, what is it, 90 miles radius of St. Louis. You can live stream it. That's a great deal. Really nice deal. Around the world, you can download the MLB app and uh, grab it from there. Cardinal Baseball today at 310 as they go for the sweep. Mike Schilt joining us live at 1115. Right now, let's talk some baseball with Steve Gomrick, the general manager of the Gateway Grizzlies. We have so many opportunities to watch baseball here in the St. Louis area, and the Grizzlies are another one of those. Special contributor to the show, Tom Franklin, our news editor, visiting with Steve Gomrick, and what a turnaround this has been. Another success story coming out of the pandemic, the Grizzlies are playing baseball again well we had to reduce our staff considerably and we didn't have a season so we didn't have players last year uh so the what we became was the you know the best extra event or high school grade school baseball field that you know the st louis area has and that's that's what we did for a lot of last year now this stadium and this facility and this staff were not built to put on grade school level baseball games so it's something that while we could get by barely it, it will not be sustainable in the future so absolutely so i'm assuming you're looking forward to getting back to normal uh, is it going to be full capacity when you start off or is there still limits well we still have limits uh we're going to be doing about 60 percent capacity right now and that's that's from the state of illinois yeah and the other portion of this is that we're probably going to self-limit ourselves. We're roping off every other row. The only way you can really stay together in a group is if you buy tickets as a group. So we're going to keep that all in place. I believe the middle of June, the state of Illinois is going to start opening up fully. So I would expect by July 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, the Gateway Grizzlies could be back in full-fledged action. So so uh, is, is as far as masks goes, is it CDC guidelines with that? Well, it, it, we're outside. You know, the outside venue. My like, my will have my guys inside of concession stands wearing masks. Uh, my players have gotten wholly vaccinated. My staff will get wholly vaccinated. If you're a um, if you're a citizen or a fan just coming to the game, you you know you're going to kind of be at your own. Uh, were you vaccinated? I, I, we're not going to be able to check and see. You know, two thousand people if they come to a game. Like, okay, well, are we going to be able to check and see all those cards? We're not. 
But but at this point in time, if you haven't gotten vaccinated, that's probably your choice to not get vaccinated because you could drive up right now without an appointment in St. Clair <laughs> County and get a free vaccine. So, yeah. How has the pandemic changed the on-field product? You know, how does it affect the team or maybe the, the, the flow of play? Uh, we both on the field and off the field, we are rebuilding this organization. It is like we're starting all over again. Uh, we have systems that since they were down for two years, there's a lot of knowledge that has been lost. You've got a baseball team that's been down for you know roughly two years, so there's a lot of baseball memory that needs to be you know regained for for, for our players, uh, both from like hitting, pitching, running bases, just going through and playing a baseball game. A lot of these guys haven't done that for a full two years, so think think about that. Trying to do not do anything for two years, whether it's you know golf or just working on a computer or some sort of program. If you haven't done it for two years, you you misremember how things used to be and you might have to go re-educate yourself. And I think this is a grand re-education of the Gateway Grizzlies and I call it like a phoenix. We're, we're gonna be building this building this uh, group back from the from the ashes. We'll, we're going to rise again. Well, well, speaking of the ashes, unfortunately, for the longest time, you had the River City Rascals uh, you know, on the other side of the river as competitors. They folded before the pandemic. They had financial issues. Um, were, were the Gateway Grizzlies facing straits like they were? No, I, and I, I think that's just the strength of ownership that you have uh, in both organizations. And that, I would just leave it at that. They, they, they did not have an ownership group that was they had a that was local and embedded in the community. And the one thing you'll find about the Gateway Grizzlies is that we are we're, we're this is our home. This is this is who we are. We're proud of who we are. And you know every bit of every bit of the Gateway Grizzlies comes from this area. So. Yeah. Uh, another big story during the pandemic, and it's not has nothing to do with COVID, but there was a major contraction of Major League Baseball's minor league system. Um, how does that affect you being an independent team? Well, there were 42 teams that were contracted in single A, some double A. And so imagine that you've got a thousand, over a thousand baseball players that lost their jobs that were really, really good baseball players. So the level of play in our league is going to be substantially greater. We also became a Major League Baseball Partner League. So if you had to say, like, well, where are these 1,000 players going? A lot of them will be here. Um, a lot of the prospects that people thought, oh, well, this guy's going to get signed, they didn't just shorten the, the number of teams they have in their minor leagues. They've shortened the, the Major League Baseball draft to 20 rounds. So imagine all the talent that is now out there that was getting drafted or playing in affiliated ball just two years ago well it's going to end up on our field and and the level of play is going to not that it wasn't great before it's just going to get so much higher because of those thousand players and, that, and, and going forward that opportunity won't be there and it looks like you did get some pretty good talents like uh, i noticed you had a former first rounder on your team is that part, part of that contraction without a yeah. doubt yeah. They, 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 you can't you cannot the number you would very rarely see a first rounder play in this league. I mean, you would have it every once in a while, but like I said, the guys who were single A, double A players are now looking for places to play, and we, being an MLB partner league, are one of those landing spots, mainly because of MLB's choice. They, they, they've chosen us as a partner league. They chose to, to contract. They're looking for a new way to run their minor league system, and we are going to be a part of that. Now, the Frontier League as a whole has expanded to 16 teams. I understand you absorbed some Canadian teams. Um, 
and you mentioned, you know, with, with all this, these extra players going available, I mean, it's not just the Grizzlies that are going to benefit. All these teams are probably going to benefit in some way, shape, or form. So how, basically, how is the Frontier League able to expand um, even post-pandemic like this? Um, it, it, we've got a huge footprint from St. Louis to Chicago, Cincinnati, New Jersey, all the way up to Quebec. Yeah. And, and so imagine that footprint. If you are one of those cities that was once a host to a minor league team that got cut, well, then you have then then we're we're in that footprint. If you're in our footprint, we're your league. You know that's 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 the bottom line is we we have this giant footprint, and we 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 have easier travel than a lot of these other leagues. If you went to the American Association, they're they're going all the way from Texas all the way up to Winnipeg. And it, they have they have twelve hour, fourteen hour bus rides. We have so many teams that you know a six hour bus ride is a long ride for us. And from a player point of view, that's what makes this league more attractive. Is that you don't have to spend twelve hours driving from El Paso all the way up to Chicago to play a to play a, a, a baseball game. You know, you can go from St. Louis to Evansville, Indiana, and wow, I, you know that's an hour and a half trip. You know. We have that shorter travel, and it makes us a more attractive league. That's pretty uh, good stuff there from Steve Gomerick, the general manager of the Gateway Grizzlies. Good luck to them. Thanks to Tom Franklin for that interview. By the way, at the top of the hour on ESPN, Mizzou softball taking on James Madison in the deciding game there in that uh, Super Regional. So uh, good luck to the Tigers as they get going at 11 o'clock this morning on ESPN. Indianapolis 500 is underway. Next hour, all Cardinals. Adam Wainwright, his thoughts after the game last night and into this morning. Then Mike Schilt, the Cardinals manager, with us live. And we'll wrap the hour with John Mosellock, the Cardinals president of baseball operations. Cardinal baseball at 310 this afternoon. Make plans for that against the Diamondbacks as they go for the sweep. Back after the news on KMOX. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.